welcome back indeed episode number 73 rasball fantasy basketball podcast son and joel edition joel what's going on my man i see you got a beanie on it's freaking cold out there or what no it's not that cold i just um i was wearing a beanie earlier when i was outside and my hair is all disheveled and mm. i just you asked me to do this earlier so i I emerged from the wilderness, and now here I am, directly into your podcast. So, you you got if you're gonna get me on short notice, you're gonna take me as I am. I'm sorry. Sorry to take you away from your your carjacking activities and things of that oh nature. So, <laughs> just like... I actually saw a very strange thing uh, earlier this morning, where like a uh, a car was moving very slowly through an intersection. There was we had the green light; they okay. were coming parallel or perpendicular to us. And the dude was rolling through. I was like, why is this car in the middle of the traffic? Um, we've got the light. And then a couple trucks made a right in front of me, and I got oh. to see the scene. And someone was running after this car that was in the intersection. So either the car was moving on its own, or <laughs> someone was behind the wheel of the car that wasn't supposed to be in the, behind the wheel of this car, and this guy was chasing after him. Mm. Uh, by the time I got to it, that car was on the sidewalk. So mm. let me not, let me be clear. I had no hand in this, beanie or otherwise. <laughs> I'm just a guy who lives in Wisconsin, where it's just not terribly warm still. So um, there's your there's your update on on life in Milwaukee. Nice, nice. I mean, my mind is you know I'm just thinking. All right, well, one, you know, they got the self driving stuff, so it could have been like uh, the the software went on the fritz, or the more entertaining. Uh, picture in my head was uh, there was a midget that was driving the car and you just couldn't see him. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know who was behind the wheel. I just know they weren't supposed to be there. How about that? <laughs> nice, nice. All right. Uh, it's going to be, we've had some menage trois on this pod. We've had some uh, really good riffing sessions. This one is going to be a quickie, but I think definitely a goodie. Sometimes it's not about uh, the quantity, it's about the quality. Uh, and I think uh, I'm pretty excited about you know some of the things that we're going to talk about today. But before we get into that, Fences episode number 73, Jersey Numbers, Dennis Rodman, War 73, 98-99 Lakers. Um, players who have scored 73 in the game, Wilt time, two times, and David Thompson. So there we go. All right. This is going to be the Joel Coronation Pod. Um, I think, you know, we've talked about our 30-team salary cap team quite a few times over the season, right? Uh, it's been quite, it's been quite the drama, you know. To be honest with you, it's it's been filled with fear, trepidation, angst to, uh, you know, excitement. Um, uh, looking forward to i guess excitement planning foresight uh and then now to where is the coronation so before we get into that and before i get into that good news um i did want to give a shout out uh to eric wong uh you know he brought me on to join him over at the athletic um you know i mean he's he's one of the goats fantasy basketball uh and you know just I mean, he's taught me a lot, the game, and, you know, I'm really humbled that he brought me on board uh, to work with him. So, he, you know, he's my partner in crime, so I have to give him a shout-out. He sent me a text uh, yesterday, um, the 
DraftKings best ball, uh, he took it down. Hey. Yeah, he wanted all a cool twenty grand. So, um, you know, you know, the thing is, is like, you know, I, I, I mean, not only he's he's one of the goats, like his insight is good, but I mean, you know, he has skin in the game, right? And so, you know, he's giving you his insights, his wisdom, but it's, he's not just talking shit. You know, like it's he's actually going out there spending his money and winning a bunch of stuff. You know, Joel and I, we have skin in the game too. Probably, you know, not to the level dollar amounts and volume that, you know, Wong and some of the other guys do it. But, um, you know, I mean, we're out there. We're in the streets grinding, you know, and we're putting down our cash. And, uh, you know, obviously we're not going to win everything and all our calls aren't going to be right. But I do think that that does lend some some sense of credibility uh, to things. Um, and you know, I can go off on this whole rant on that too, but I guess to make a long story short, uh, subscribe to the athletic, uh, it's going to help me, <laughs> <a while. laughs> you know, put some, put some money into our pockets, right? A shameless plug. Nah, but you know, but seriously, like, um, you know, like learn, like learning and getting, gaining insight from guys that are actually winning. Um, I mean that, I mean, that's great because. You know, like for me, like football, like Sean Siegel, you know, Rotoviz, like, I mean, the guy's fucking so smart, but I mean, he's winning, like he's winning hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? And so, you know, Vlad Sedler for baseball, you know, Gold Sandler, the things like that. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring on, you know, like Rocco and, you know, dudes that are, that are in the streets grinding that are not only in the streets, but they're winning, right? And yeah. so I think we can learn a lot from them. Uh, so just, you know, just end of the day makes us uh, better fantasy uh, basketball players. Uh, so yeah, go subscribe to the athletic shameless plug number two. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> this episode of the Rasball Fantasy Basketball <laughs> Project brought to you by the athletic. Right. <laughs> um, so this is the Joel Coronation pod. He took it down, man. He took, he took down the head to head championship. And like, it, it seems just like yesterday when he was like, yo, we were talking about trading because he's like, yo, I have no conception of what a good team looks like. Uh, maybe I should just pack it in, build around Scotty Barnes, get draft assets, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, the, 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 the wise Miyagi that I am, I said, no, nah, man, you got to grind. Just just keep doing it. You don't know what's going to happen. The season's young. Uh, no, nah, but all credit to Joel. Like, he he grinded, didn't give up. He, tried, he figured out what he needed to do to make his team better, made some trades, pickups. Um, you know, obviously some luck health schedule wise is, is into it, but I think he did a really fantastic job with, uh, constructing the team. And at the end of the day, uh, he took it down, man, for a cool 1500 bucks. So Joel, congratulations. Uh, this is uh, your pod, the coronation. You are the king of the streets, my man. How's it feel? It feels good. You know, (laughs) winning is definitely better than losing money. One is twice as sweet as money earned is the old saying. Um, yeah, you know, I think it's kind of surprising. Um, I don't know if I necessarily thought this was how this is going to go this first year. I think that, um, I think that the, the real thing that I can take away from this is like depth matters a lot and, uh, flexibility really matters a lot too. Um, so, you know, when we spoke last week, the way that I was sort of outlining this championship matchup was I, I thought I thought there were six cats that were already spoken for. I thought that 
I was going to be beat in points, steals, and free throws, particularly because I had the game's disadvantage, um, and that I would win turnovers, field goals, and assists. That is actually indeed how that came to pass. Um, the three or the three categories in play were rebounds, blocks, and uh, threes, and I won all three of those. So, nice. <laughs> uh, six three was the final tally. I didn't have Scotty Barnes for all but one of those games, um, which is really what I mean when I say like uh, there's good depth with this team, and that was sort of what put us over. Like. Um, there were no real zeros. Uh, and not only were there no real zeros, like I'd say all of the players that I had, at least by the end of it, um, were playing at least 18 minutes a game, 15 minutes a game, something like that. Um, and so even with the game's disadvantage, I was able to, to win those counting stats back. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a surprise to me just because I've never, like I said, I've never played the league this deep. I think a lot of the players that we're playing with are really smart. Um, but I was able to, I was able to make some moves that really helps during the playoffs. And this is the, the sort of flexibility angle too, was, you know, that deal, the last deal that I made where I traded away Jackson Hayes and Kevin Love for Corey Kispert and $8 a salary cap ended up being really, really valuable because that that $8 turned into re-signing Reggie Bullock, who I had traded away and then was dropped. Um, I picked up Corey Joseph for a dollar, and he was just really, really valuable for two rounds of that playoffs. Um, he wasn't as valuable in the championship because Detroit only played twice, and he was sick for one of those games. Um, You're welcome. I dropped him earlier in the season, I know. so you're oh, welcome. Uh, Corey Joseph was a cast-off of yours. Cameron Payne was a cast-off of yours. Uh, you had the right idea, Stan. I don't know what you were doing. I but... know. I fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, and then the last the last sort of bullet that was open to me was that I had like two-ish dollars. I had like $2.50. Um, and I had Edmund Sumner, Sumner on my team. He had largely fallen out of the rotation in Brooklyn. Um, and so I dropped him, picked up 50 cents of his salary, which gave me three bucks to spend on Yudoka as a uh, who apparently has jumped Damian Jones or he jumped Damian Jones for that week as uh, Walker Kessler's backup and put up some really great rebounding field goal, uh, and defensive stat numbers that, you know, for a guy who had sort of circled two of those three categories as being, uh, really important to win um, having the flexibility to go out and stream even in a, even in a 30 deep team there were players that I was looking at that could have been helpful I was lucky that as a bouquet was one of them and that that pickup really worked out um, for a while there I was considering adding um, uh, Blake Griffin who would have helped with the rebounding at the very least and maybe a three or two um, but when Horford returned and Williams returned, Blake got pushed out. And so as a bouquet became the play, um, and like I said, that, that one really ended up coming to fruition. So, um, the cost of a championship was two years worth of drafts this, this year's first and second round pick. And then the 2025 first and second round pick, um, 
but the way that I'm looking at that is like, you know, in the first deal I acquired uh, Corey Kispert for four bucks, which is right about the salary that was going to cost my, my first round pick was going to cost anyways. So I essentially bought a first round pick in Corey Kispert. He just happens to be 25 or 24. Um, and that's sort of my approach with Azabuke here as well. Um, the price is about right. He's, he's a $3 salary. So he slots in as like, if you're going to be drafting in the back, last 10 picks you're gonna it's gonna be like a three dollar salary so there you go um as a bouquet is 23 i don't think it's really um i don't think he's necessarily a great ad but there's still the potential for some upside the fact that the jazz the team that drafted him declined his fourth year option is not encouraging so maybe this is a a future cap casualty here for me but you know like looking forward i think this is a a pretty good group for next year too. Yeah, no, definitely. Age-wise, um, pretty young, right? Don't have what, only two, three guys over thirty, right? Yeah. Brooke, Brooke, Brooke you know, might be the issue, right? Um, yeah, he was the real linchpin of this yeah, year. Like he, it's he's just so unique that it's really hard to you know like replicate him, right? But you know, that's okay, man, because, you know, banners fly forever, right? So you got your, your name etched in the wall. So, um, but yeah, you know, that, that combination of, you know, threes and blocks, right? It's just, you know, you don't, you don't find that. You don't find that. And then obviously he only missed like three or four games all year, something like that. And then the, the block rate was just unreal. What, he had like seven in, during the, seven the chip, chip? Yeah, so. Um, he had seven awesome. in a game this week. Yeah. I think he had nine for the week yeah. um yeah and i only won blocks by five like i needed all of yeah, them yeah. <laughs> um yeah uh, he he was my best player you know that's and that's a weird thing to say about a guy who's 34 in a dynasty league um but you know by the numbers he was my best player and like this thing would not have happened without him he he really he did everything that i was hoping that um that javel mcgee would do but he did more and he did what I, what I expected from McGee from McGee better for sure. Um, yeah, the blocks were awesome. The, you know, I was a team that was at least until I traded for Kispert was really hurting for threes. He helped out with that. Um, not a huge field goal guy, but this wasn't really a field goal team. It isn't really a field goal team. Um, and yeah, like the blocks were amazing. This is this is the the Brook Lopez championship for sure. Yeah, no, um, I think you need to get a jersey, and it kind of fits in because he's Milwaukee, right? You're in Milwaukee. Um, maybe you guys get the the double tap this year. That'd be uh, so cool. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm here for that. Yeah, I mean, so you know, you're you're a trailblazer. You forged the path, right? <laughs> for you know, the cool thing is, is Sohan didn't even fucking really play. And he looks like he's going to be a really, really good player, right? And he's only 19. So that's going to get the, you know, like for me, especially now um, with some experience under my belt with Dynasty Leagues and stuff like that, I definitely focus more on young guys, right? I try to just keep my team as, as young as possible and to the detriment of, you know, veterans and things like that. So like two examples is, I mean, we talked about this Brook Lopez trade earlier in the year. I remember. And I was like, ah, you know, he's kind of old. Like I, I always shy away from spending draft capital on older players because I'm so focused on like, no, I, I need this. Like, you know, everyone 
26 or younger like build it but i mean you know you prove like you showed like hey sometimes like those are the pieces you need to go and get right like you cannot so i need to train my mind to kind of be a little like to take off the blinders and be like to be i guess a little bit more receptive to those type of players right because uh, they are very useful and like you know like another dynasty league i'm playing in as well the guy that won the chip you know it's and you know this is a common thing that i see um you know those those owners like they're very balanced you know like yeah they'll have young guys but then one like the the chris paul falls you know especially in dynasty league right they those guys usually fall because the age is such a concern these guys are scooping them up and then you know they have that mix uh that allows them to not only get the game played in the minutes but you know they get discounts on a lot of these players and yeah like that i think that's definitely my achilles heel that i've i've realized that i'm too focused on the age number you know too focused on yeah. youth and things like that so i need to i need to break out of that and and kind of like be more receptive to to those type of guys so i think yeah i think you did a great job uh you know especially with the brook brook thing that that, that was uh really really good man you know what's funny is I agree. I think there's like a Brooke Lopez jersey in my future. Let's go. Um, Let's do it. Let's do it. There was uh, in my neighborhood. There's a a park that when it's nice out, which is a thing that I remember about this place, but I don't know if it's actually true. Yeah. Um, they do farmers markets, and I remember the first time I went there, there was just like seven people wearing Lopez jerseys. I was just like Brooke Lopez is the fucking man nice. in the city Every, there's so much love for brooke lopez nice. and then i realized there's a like a mexican bakery called Loca, lopez Ponderia, <laughs> right, and right, like right. they all worked there so i can i guess i can get a shirt and go work for that's him awesome. is really how this is shaping well, out but you know with your newfound um you know ducats that you got in the bag you have to get at least a jersey or a bobblehead you have to <laughs> I mean, I mean, you kind of required to at this point, no? I he um, you know, with the Bucks, they do a bunch of like, uh, every team does it too, but like goofy player stuff where like it'll be someone's night, and so Brook Lopez had his uh, night where they uh, he designed a specialty hat, okay. a Splash Mountain hat uh-huh. that they gave out to all the fans there, yes. and so like maybe getting some like some Splash Mountain branded uh bucks apparel That'd be cool. is, is in well, the future here well i do okay so i looked up brooke lopez bob bobblehead and there's some about like 40 bucks and it's like perfect because it's brooke lopez and he's holding the N- nba championship the larry o'brien trophy mm. i yeah you know, i think i think i mean that's all just, right that's too good that's too freaking good man uh-huh. you need to you need Sons to you're spending my money already <laughs> <laughs> i'm spending your money exactly <laughs> let's go um uh, Hey, but at but, least but, at least that bobblehead is much cheaper than the freaking jersey, which would probably run like yeah. two, three hundred bucks, which is freaking ridiculous, by the way. No, I also feel like you know I, I'm going to turn thirty-five next month. Like I'm a I'm too old of a man to be wearing a, a basketball jersey and like that be okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. All right, so come on, Brooke Lopez, that bobblehead with holding the Larry Bryan Trophy. Put it on the board. Put it in the put it in the cart. You cool. Know? You do uh, it. Do it. We got to do it. Um, yeah, you know, like. So Sohan didn't really do much because near the end, sitting and injuries and stuff like that. But he's going to be a really good foundational piece. And Scotty Barnes really didn't do much as well. So I know you see, I see you had a lot written down there. So let, let's uh, let's hear it. Let's go into it. 
Yeah, I definitely want to talk about Scotty. I do. I want to touch really quickly on like yeah. um, roster construction um, because I do have these older players: Brook Lopez, Reggie, Reggie Bullock, Cameron Payne, Corey Joseph, Bobby Portis, Grayson Allen are all twenty-seven or older. Um, all of those guys were really useful in a mm-hmm. league this deep. Yeah, um, sure. Joseph less so, but uh, the rest of those guys were available for you know Portis was the most expensive one at 14 everyone else was less than seven dollars um so of those i have 33 dollars tied into those guys that's 16 percent of the budget and it includes my best player um and so like looking forward you know some of those guys are going to age out some of those guys are going to fall off the roster as ross as rookies come in but you definitely can you shouldn't be so allergic to older older players that you ignore them because you know, like Corey Joseph was a top 100 player for, for money weeks. Brooke Lopez was a surprise, like third round player this year um, who was drafted for $6 because he was old. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so so only like 15, 16% of the budget is to these post prime or late prime guys. The other half, I've got 45% of the budget going to guys in their t- mid twenties. Tyus Jones is the oldest of that group at 26 his younger brother, Trey, at 23. Um, I've got $87 tied up in the prime. And then I've got another 45% or so with uh, these like pre-prime players that you're talking about, mostly in the persons of Scotty Barnes and Jeremy Sohan. There are a couple of lottery tickets in that group as well. So thinking about like what this team is going to grow into, I kind of like the runway that's built out here because you know, as those those post prime guys will fall off, they'll open up spaces, hopefully for um, some good draft picks coming in, and I'll be able to ride the the sort of aging prime of Tyus Jones, Jamal Murray, John Collins uh, into this sort of next. I think the championship window could be longer. I guess is my point. Um, Brooke is like the 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 cornerstone now. And when he's no longer on this team, it will be really hard to replace him. But as long as he's there and productive and blocking shots, he's going to be really valuable. Um, so, yeah, Scotty Barnes. I spent $57 on him in this startup draft. It's probably too much money. I thought so at the time. Um, but I was able to build a team around him that was good enough to win a championship. And so I, I kind of have my opinion on Scotty. Um, I'd love to hear yours. I'll, I'll just do a quick overview of like how the year has gone. Um, you know, he was the 66th player on Basketball Monster last year. He has not returned value on that this year. He's he's 85th. Um, the minutes are up. Obviously, Nick Nurse. We know what he does with his rotations. He's playing almost 35 minutes a game. Uh, usage is also up. Uh, he's pulling in like roughly 20% usage. It's a 70th percentile. That's still not a huge number for a guy who I've got so much money dedicated to. Um, the bad news this year was like he, you know, the, there's a Jalen Green reference last week um, where he has that inverse relationship of usage and efficiency. Uh, Barnes is a victim of that as well, where he, the ball's in his hands more often this year, but he's missing more shots at the rim. He's missing more shots in mid range. He got a little bit better from three, but it's still like 30%. It's not, it's not very good. Um, the rebounds dipped last year was seven and a half. This year it's 6.8. Uh, the steals also slightly dipped from one, one to one flat. Um, 
On the positive side, free throws went up um, five points from 72% to 75 or 77. Uh, free throw attempts went up from just under three to almost three and a half. Uh, blocks are slightly up. Assists are up. He's up to almost five a game now. Um, his assist percentage is in the 77th percentile. Um, and his overall uh, estimated plus minus went from just like 0, 0.0, a, a neutral player, to slightly positive uh, 0.6. Like I said, I have my feelings on Barnes as like a dynasty asset. What are you thinking about him now that we've seen this second year? Yeah, no, I mean, um, I think that's uh, a thing that we always have to be cognizant about young players. Like we always think that uh, improvement is linear. Uh, it's not. You know, uh, some guys, you know, take that jump, you know, into the stratosphere. Um, more often than not, you know, there's adjustment periods, right? I think the injury really early on in the season, the ankle, that really, you know, stymied him to some degree. It took him a while to get into it. But, you know, the the shooting efficiency, you know, he, that was his main concern coming into the league, right? And he you know, proved some doubters wrong his rookie year, but, you know, it's not like it was something that just magically disappeared, right? So it kind of reared its head this year. Um, but, you know, I think in terms of... So this is my whole thing. Um, I think he's going to be great. Um, I really do. And I think... Um, <laughs> I think part of it is going to be, like, when Siakam is gone. I, I kind of have a feeling that Siakam has one more year on his contract. You know, he's coming up to what, 29, 30 years old. At 35 million, I mean, they could keep him, but I have a, I have a feeling that uh, he's not going to be a Raptor after next year. That's, this is just speculation. This is whatever. This is my thought. And uh, if that happens, um, I think, you know, that elevates Barnes into more of this kind of like taking the torch from Siakam into his role because frame wise they're very similar right they're both six eight six nine they both have like seven two seven three wingspans right very similar games um and you saw the development that that Siakam did over his years to the point where he's now but I I feel like Siakam is kind of I mean I don't see too much improvement. He's kind of capped, right? And more, if he, if he's going to go in, in one direction, it's going to probably be towards the downside. Whereas right. I think Barnes, uh, he's going to, you know, that um, his track is more on an upward, you know, going slope, right? And so I, I do think that like he, you know, the usage rate 20%, that'll probably tick up maybe into the mid-20s, right? And so in a way, kind of similar to, I don't know. I I don't know if this is an app comparison, but like, he reminds me of Giddy in in a way. Like, mm -hmm. granted, Giddy's a better passer and things like that, and um, you know, Barnes is more. Uh, you know, will provide more defensive stats for sure. Um, I do think Barnes is a little better shooter and has a more upside in that regard. Even though Giddy has improved a lot, um, but in, you know, in terms of having a solid base of points rebounds and assists i guess that's what i'm meaning like those two players like you can pretty much count on them and i think i think giddy's gonna probably have more triple doubles than barnes over the course of his career uh but i think barnes is gonna be super solid so so say like 
like a Devin Booker, right? Like for a long time, he was in like the mid twenties to high twenties points, and then probably what four rebounds, four assists around there, four to five around there. So say twenty five, five and five, right? Or I don't think Barnes gets up to that that scoring prowess, but it's more like I don't know, say like sixteen to seventeen, but the rebounds are gonna be you know, higher, but seven, right? Mm-hmm. And then the assists maybe six or seven, right? Uh, and then you're going to get, I, I do think he he can be a one-on-one player at some point. So um, I guess in terms of his ultimate ceiling, so, okay, so his trajectory is going up and I do think he's going to be a really good player. To me, the question is, will he be a superstar? And that's yeah. where I have some doubts. And But I think it's well within the range of outcomes. And it, it basically comes down to his scoring ability. Like if Absolutely. he, yeah, if he starts getting, you know, his shot, it's all about his shot because he can bully people like younger defenders down in the post. He has good footwork. He has some stuff like the arsenal. He has some stuff in the bag. Like he can break down defenders off the dribble and things like that. So it's just, it's all about the shot. And so if he becomes like, you know, he scores over 20 points a game, couple that with seven board six assists with one steal one block type of thing like that's pretty fucking good you know um so yeah yeah no I, i'm very bullish on him i do have him in a dynasty league as well so maybe that you know <laughs> this may be tinting tending the perspective a little bit but I, I i see it i do see it yeah i um this is not gonna be good podcasting but i agree um uh, <laughs> you know i because i I think that you're dead on when you say like the shooting is the thing that matters as far as like how far he can climb. Um, That was the thing that was broken when he came into the league and he sort of took the league by storm anyways and won rookie of the year because, you know, he did so much other positive stuff, seven and a half rebounds as a rookie, three and a half assists. Um, I do think that the, the injury kind of slowed him down a little bit. Um, I also, from what I've sort of read and understood, it sounds like it wasn't a great off season for him. It was kind of enjoying being the rookie of the year and, and life is good to be Scotty Barnes and I'll just show up and everything will be cool again next year. And like for Scotty and really for most of that Raptors outfit, like it just hasn't gone the way that people were sort of maybe anticipating or hoping for. Um, so I think the, the ankle injury at the beginning, slowed him down. I also think like that team was so weird. Like before, before they got hurdle, like they didn't have a center. And sometimes, you know, Scotty, because he's six, seven and he's got these ball skills, sometimes he'd swing all the way down as like being the biggest guy on the floor. And sometimes he was the guy that was bringing the ball up. Like you love that there is that versatility and that there are a lot of different ways that you can use him. Oh, got a little cut off. You there? I don't think he has a job. All right, welcome back, Adid. <laughs> Had a little technical <laughs> difficulties there, uh, but the um, yeah, I, I I don't think the the universe can handle this this coronation. It's just it's it's too, <laughs> it's too much. Uh, you know, it's too powerful. Just breaking things. But um, all right. So please continue wherever you left off. Yeah, somewhere in there I was saying that like <laughs> I um you know, I don't I don't think there's a real clear definition of like what 
Scotty is as a player yet because he's playing all over the floor and because, you know, because that Toronto lineup was so weird, he just had to do a lot of different things. And I, I really love that he's able to step in and do those. Um, but like, I imagine a little more clarity on like, what are my roles? What do I need to get better at? How am I supposed to be a, an impact player for this team? Um, would, would, ben, would benefit Scotty. I also think like my, the reason why I was so attracted to him as a, as a prospect um, and why I invested so heavily in him in this, in the dynasty league is because he does a lot of stuff. Um, and like we mentioned at the top of this, like the shooting is not one of those things, but the rebounding or excuse me, the assists got better. And if you're looking for like out of position assists from your forwards, that's a really great thing. The blocks got better um, marginally, but like the blocks are the rarest and hardest stat to come by. Um, and so getting blocks and rebounds from a player is already kind of exciting. Um, not to, to say nothing of like the steals are okay. Um, and we've seen that the rebounds can be really good. Um, last year was almost seven and a half this year. It's under seven. So it's, it's a step back, but you know, what we're seeing is like a, a player going through these growing pains um, in like really obvious ways with the shot. But if you zoom out and look at like the totality of the picture here, yeah, the three pointer isn't there. The jumper isn't there. The ball was in his hands more often. It hurt his efficiency, but the boards still look good. The assists have gotten better and the defensive stats have either held or improved. Like, if you're looking for that all around game, which is so attractive to players like you and I, that's still there. Like whatever you, whatever premise or whatever promise you had for Scotty prior to this season, I think is still true. It's just, we're still waiting on the shot. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, you know, they did give him more responsibilities this season. So, you mm -hmm. know, like you said, the adjustment and, and things like that, like, uh, you know, new role, new offensive, you know, responsibilities. And then obviously other teams have more tape on them. He's more of a focus, you know, he's not going to mm -hmm. sleep on anyone. So it's always an adjustment period. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, I haven't heard anything bad in terms of like work ethic and things like that. So, yeah. um, you know, if you continue to see the development, uh, he has the skills, he has the physique. Uh, the talent to be one of you know the better players in the league so uh yeah it'll be interesting uh to see the development um i think it's yeah well within the range of outcomes man i hope so because i have him on another dynasty team too so uh, you know, <laughs> yeah i've got a lot of barns you know, yeah and you know the, the the sick thing one is um i you know i chose barns over shea <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he went one pick later. So yeah, I kind of sucked, I guess. <laughs> it was uh, yeah, really, really. Yeah, brutal. but you know, as we, I, I mean, Shea is an interesting person to to invoke here because like that's another like toolsy guy that people really liked. Um, you know, he's one of the uh, a Jerry West darling, which is like the greatest uh, uh, stamp of approval you can yeah, get. Yeah, sure. um, and it took like four years for him to like break into what he is now as like a, a first round mainstay who's given you, he's doing the things that you want out of Scotty. He's given you all the defensive stats. He's given you assists. 
you know, the rebounds aren't as good. And obviously he's scoring at a much higher level. He's also drawing a lot of fouls, which is really, really useful as we talked about with Jalen green. But um, yeah, I mean, I, maybe because I'm stuck holding the bag, I feel good about Scotty too, but you know, I, when I'm thinking about like what this, this 30 team team can do in the future, I still have Scotty Barnes, yeah. you know, I still haven't had a great Scotty Barnes year. Yeah, yeah. So um, all these other guys are still going to be on the roster. I don't have to do anything with this roster because I don't have any draft picks coming up. I'll, I'm going to have to cut probably Corey Joseph loose because I don't have enough roster spots, but he was a dollar stream anyway. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm excited that I got this first one, you know, on the, on the mantle place. It's all gravy. It's all gravy from here on out. Basically. Yeah, you it's know? true. Like the next, uh, <laughs> what the next 14 years yeah. are paid for. So. <laughs> no, that's, that's uh, so awesome, man. It's so freaking awesome. Um, you also won. We should talk about that. It's not just me who won. You also got a piece of this championship because you won the Roto League or the Roto standing. Yeah. Yeah. So that was good. Um, you know, we talked about this before. That's kind of how I built the team more just balanced and just just really focused on minutes uh, and games played. Um, I did make some trades to try to, you know, upgrade players and, and get younger at the same same time. So. I feel like I am pretty well positioned uh, going forward. Um, I thought I, you know, I thought I had a chance in head-to-head too. Yeah. It just happened to be that you know Simons went down, D'Angelo went down, uh, Herder went down, uh, Gordon didn't play. So, you know, losing like three, four guys, like it's really, it's almost impossible in this league because, and you know, that's one thing. Another thing I have to give you a shout out to is you know you were able to find those guys to plug in and fill in. You know, um, and, you know, for me, uh, I really didn't because I kind of didn't really want to drop anybody, you know, and, and so yeah. I, that's another thing that was probably bad on my part, right? I had to be a little, probably a little bit more flexible uh, on some things, um, you know, like O'Shea Brissett's $5, probably could drop him, gave Vincent $4, but I didn't want to, you know, yeah. it, it probably would have served me better, but... Um, it's okay, you know. Like I feel, I feel pretty good about my core. You know, Walker Kessler, center, uh, Simons, Foltz in the backcourt, Franz, uh, I guess Sengun, and you know Herder, Russell. So uh, I do like my stacks. Yeah, I do like my core. You know, no one's over twenty-seven. Um, PJ Washington, I really like a lot too. You know, he's only twenty-four, so I'm very young. I think I got most of the you know positions and stats covered. Uh, so I think, I, I, I think I'm in, I'm a contender, you know, for a while, I think in both Roto and head to head. And then, you know, hopefully I can give you more competition because we were set up to meet in the same bracket, you know, I know you couldn't uh, handle your business. I, I couldn't, I couldn't take it. it, it the pressure was too much, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the lights were too bright. Uh, couldn't take it, but yeah, no, I feel good. I think, um, you know, it's. You know, just hearing you talk about your team, I think there are uh, a few things that stood out. One is, um, yeah, like it, like it's so, especially in a dynasty league, it's okay to spend capital on older players if you feel like it makes your team better, right? Like, so you don't have to be so focused on youth. Uh, and then the second thing is, is um, like, don't sit on your laurels. Like, w- whether, and and I think it kind of ties into like 
you know, what I learned from trading, right? It's like, don't get too high, don't get too low, right? And just, just, just focus and plug away, right? And that's what you did, right? You were like, okay, you know, who can I pick up off the wire? What stats can I get here? Like, you know, it, like you don't think about it, but you know, every steal, every assist, every block, it, it, it matters. It helps, right? Especially in head to head, right? And you know, going into the last week, you were at a game's advantage, and I thought you were a big time dog. And you know, to me, minutes are gold, so I'm like, ah, that's gonna be really tough, right? But you know, in one week, you don't fucking know what's gonna happen. You know, Brooke Lopez seven blocks in one game, right? Like. Yeah. Right, you like you can't expect, but it's it's within the range of outcomes, right? And so, uh, you know, every block, every assist, they they all matter. And you know, just even during the season, um, you know, you just kept plugging away, you know. And I I think that's especially in the beginning because I think especially early on uh, when the season first starts, everybody is so amped and excited. They get a little too high on performances, and then and then the hangover happens and then they start coming down right yeah uh, and then it's during that period where you have to kind of be like yo season's a long way there's still like 70 fucking games left right <laughs> yeah. and it's like so you know it's not really how you start it's the, i mean it's a cliche but i mean you're it's a perfect i mean you showed yeah i mean you showed why it is a cliche it's not how you start it's how you finish right and you know kind of gets me back to thinking like uh oc um team I had with Rudy last year I mean yeah we didn't start off we didn't start off hot at all you know and we were like fuck right and this fucking sucks and guys aren't performing blah 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 but you know we just kept plugging away man just you know working the fab and then you figure some of those underperformers they were gonna revert back to you know what we expected them to and they did and then obviously we got hot on, a, on a, some other things right and then you know then we ended up winning our league right so um yeah, just keep plugging away, man. That's, I mean, that's really what it is. Like, and <laughs> I guess it's kind of like a habit forming, right? In a way, like, I know for me, even though I'm out on my teams, like I have no fucking chance to win, I still go through the motions of at least setting the lineup and doing it. Like, I may not go as in deep of like looking at the schedule, breaking down matchups and things like that, because then it's like, all right, that's a little too much. But just even like the, the simple fact of like, you know, just setting the lineup and just staying involved and, you know, like that kind of like gives a habit of like, you know, doing it, right? Every day, mm -hmm. just doing it, doing it, doing it, just grinding, grinding, grinding. Because, you know, like you fucking never know, right? You never know. Like, perfect example is, the writers league, right? You were like, "Fuck, this team sucks. I'm done. I have no chance." But you kept. And they grind did, and they did. For the record, they yeah, did suck. Yeah, no, yeah, it did. <laughs> but you grinded away to the point where you did have a chance to make it into the playoffs, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, yeah, man. Let's you know, lesson learned. You you proved the uh, the gamut of all of the fantasy uh, cliches uh, into one, and. Uh, no, yeah, no. It's fucking awesome that you won, man. I'm so so happy for you. Oh, thank um, you. I appreciate it. Yeah, so dope. But but seriously, if you don't, if I don't fucking see that Brooke Lopez bobblehead, um, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're gonna have problems, man. We're gonna have problems. Send me the link. Send me the link. I'll, I'll do it today. Um, you know, I think it's funny that you mentioned the um, the Writers League team. Now that so my all of my fantasy seasons are over. Essentially, there are a couple of season long roto things or at least half season roto things. I'm not going to, I'm like you, I'm not going to be someone that's going to be 
winning that so I can sort of turn my attention away to a little bit. But I was thinking back on like the, which teams of mine had success this year and which teams did not. Um, and obviously, you know, we've talked a lot about this, this team here built around Barnes um, that was successful. I think I've, I've finally internalized the lesson of finishing second in the Raz Jam last year. I think I'm a Turner. I really think like all of my guard heavy mm. or early draft capital spent on guard teams, uh, double guard builds, all those teams suck. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, this, this team with Barnes, like I said that, you know, Brooke Lopez was my best player. Um, obviously I spent a lot of money on Scotty. Jeremy Sohan played well. Bobby Portis was a really big player for me for a while. Um, and I was able to find enough guard stats with Jamal Murray and the Jones brothers um, that I, I could sort of fill in. But, you know, the a lot of the money that was spent on this team was spent on bigs. Um, and then the other team that I had that had a lot of success was, you know, it was a 10-team league, so it was really shallow. Um, but I went super big, heavy. I had, like, Giannis, LeBron, Miles Turner – uh, poor Zingas and just like figured the guard stuff out later. And those teams had the most success, had way more success than everything that I did was like, I let me like Trey Young and LaMelo and Dame and Cade Cunningham, like all those guard heavy teams that I started out with. I thought I could figure out the big man stuff later and I just can't, or I, I just couldn't, I should say. Um, and the, you know, the Raz Gem team that I talked about, that I had two years ago that finished second to Racco, that was, that was Cat and Vooch, one, two. Um, so I, I think I, I really am a turner when it comes to <laughs> team building. I've flirted with going guard heavy and figuring out how to get assists and all that. I'm not that guy. I think like the more natural build or the, or the build that has more success for me is bigs early and then finding guards late. You know that's uh, yeah, I, and I think I'm the the opposite of you guys. Really, right? Yeah. So, uh, but that's the beauty of you know the fantasy, right? And I mean, I think we've harped on this many many times throughout this whole year. Like, there's no cookie cutter answer or way, right? And um, I think a lot of people that's what they search for. They search for that holy grail. But I think what people need to understand is because everybody has a different emotional temperament they have different skills and identifying things they have different perspectives right and so if you utilize a strategy that you're not really in sync with you will never be successful right because how can you be right but you know once you figure out like your strengths and weaknesses and what makes you comfortable right and then you you know find a strategy that works with that once you're like have that symbiotic relationship and you're at one with your strategy right then like truly like that's how you have success right because um you know everything aligns there's no conflict right and you know like and that you know that's the beauty of turner man like you know like he's not he's not about the bullshit right he's like i don't fucking care right like yeah like everybody could tell me you could be the smartest Nobel peace prize winner or whatever 
Rhodes Scholar, you can be like, yeah, fucking do this. But, you know, Turner would be like, yo, fuck you, right? I don't agree with it. Like, it just doesn't jive with me, right? And so, mm-hmm. like, I respect that. And then, you know, he's had success with that. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's interesting, you know? Because, like, you know, for me, I think, you know, yeah, I do think I'm, I'm more guard heavy. And, like, that's kind of where I, I lean probably more towards... Uh, I, I'm gonna try it this year. Um, just working backwards in terms of blocks. Just where yeah. where am I gonna find my blocks, and then work from there, and then you know just build my I guess my high usage guard guys up at top. Um, but I don't know. It could change because you know, like I do realize, like yeah, you know, forwards it's kind of a premium on the good forwards, right? So mm-hmm. you know, there's definitely um things to think about there right like that may be a good way to go too right so uh yeah so you know i'm not sometimes i i you know i do gallop down the path with my my blinders and writers on but uh you know i I do try to stay as open-minded as possible right and just kind of be bruce lee and and, you know flow like water too so yeah it's interesting i'm fucking pumped to draft already man (laughs) i can't wait to, to go into research you know it's um yeah me too i Part of the reason why I was even in a position to learn this about myself was because I was drafting out of like the 11 or 12 spot all year long, it felt like. And so uh, I had to figure out, uh, I had to attempt to put together guard heavy teams because there just weren't bigs. I didn't like the price uh, for bigs at that at that time. Um, turns out a couple of my teams could have used DeMontis Sabonis at number 13, <laughs> yeah, but right? you know, like um but you know hopefully next year i get a little bit more diversity of of where the picks are and i can kind of play around with things a little bit more but yeah i i think that um sort of embracing this like uh forward center early and then you know being able to to pick your spots with guards later um it's it seems to be the the path that has been the most fruitful for me thus far uh, which is a good thing to learn about yourself. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that's you know, that's the thing. Like, yeah, it's just being at one, being at one with your path. <laughs> Embrace the barns. Yes, yes. All right, I gotta bounce, but um, yo, congrats again, Joel. It's fucking awesome. You know, very, you. very proud of you. And um, nah, man. You know, looking forward to next year. I'm gonna try to take you down, man. Come and get it. Come and get it. Uh, Congrats to you as well. Congrats to Eric. Congrats to all our listeners who won championships. I'll let you get out of here now, Stan. Uh, Take care, everybody. Take it it easy, Joel. Later.